Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Hello, and welcome to Uy, que horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I am Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hey, girl. How you doing over there? Hello. I'm so chilly. Yep. I truly sometimes am like, Eileen, what's wrong with you? I the <laughs> The... <laughs> <laughs> the heater wasn't on all night, and I chose, I chose mm-hmm. to sleep with no pants on. I was like, nope, yeah. I'll put on a long sleeve shirt, mm-hmm. and I'll put I'll put insulated socks on, pero ponerme pantalones para dormir, no. Let me tell you something, listener. I have plenty of sleeping pants, and yet <laughs> yesterday- Eileen d- has the most thorough pajama collection I've ever seen in my entire life. I truly do, and, and, and yet yesterday when my- fucking apartment isn't working, I was like, no, tonight's the night. E sin ponerme otra fucking colcha encima. Like, why, Eileen? Why do you need to prove? Oh, man, I need to talk to my therapist about Do you this. think that's what it is? It's just you proving, like, I can, I can fucking do it. De I seguro. Do I'm wow. sure it is. I'm sure it's something, some fucking horrible, learned from my parents, some intergenerational trauma that I'm holding on to. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of intergenerational drama, please, please, please watch Encanto. Oh my gosh, I, I still haven't seen it. Mira, cuando yo te digo... Que yo no he dejado de tocar ese fucking soundtrack since I watched it. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about Bruno, no, 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 no. And it's so good. Uh-huh. It's classic uh-huh. Lin-Manuel. Like, it's going to get stuck in your sure, head. Sure, sure, sure. It's so funny that you Pero... mentioned this because literally yesterday in, you know, my my family's WhatsApp, my sister drops a TikTok of some mom being like first time watching oh, she, Encanto. She posted it on Instagram did, and did I she? and I saw it on on TikTok too and I was like, "Oh my god. It's so it's, true." It's basically like first time watching it, 16th time watching it and it's just this woman like singing along, dancing to this tune. So, I still have not seen it, but where can I watch this? Disney Plus. At, Disney it's a Plus Disney movie. All right. All right. I'm on it. Dude, I'm on you it. Gotta, it's so Latino. La música oh, es linda. It's so colorful and bright, pero the story is Listen, I get emotions. it. Is it like Coco level effect okay, kind of stuff? Okay, te voy a decir cuál es la diferencia. Coco is showing like family traditions and like it's it's showing family love and like how much it's important in the Latino family and whatever. Mm-hmm. Encanto shows you intergenerational Latino trauma and how sometimes our elders put a lot of bullshit on us. And uh, sure. And when I tell you, it's going to be, you're, bring bring your tissues because okay. you'll be crying. Pero alistate porque esas canciones se te pegan. And I love it. Because it's Colombian, it's got like, hay tantas canciones that sound like, Carlos Vives songs because Colombia. Hello. También hay una que es pura Shakira from the 90s. I love that. I mean, it's so good. Dude, I love it. Cuando yo te digo that <laughs> I was obsesionado con Shakira. I was uh, 
fucking obsessed. First of all, with her album. Ladrones? Well, it started with me, with, of course, with Estoy Aquí from Pies Descalzos, which that album, top Slaps. to bottom. Slaps. I love that fucking album. Holy T2B. shit. She, T2B, T2B. Speaking of Donde Están yes. Los Ladrones. I mean, perfect <laughs> fucking segue. Where are those ladrones? They're here in Mexico. I picked the movie this week. And, okay, so first of all, the movie is called Ladrones de Tumbas. It's from Mexico from 1989. The reason I picked this movie is because you, Eileen, bought me the Don't Panic Dinosaur Pajamas for Christmas. And I I died. So if you don't know what we're talking about, please go back to our episode, our Don't Panic episode. So good. However many episodes ago where we flip over these dino PJs that the lead character Michael wears. Yeah. Eileen found me these PJs on where? Uh, On eBay. eBay. (laughs) On fucking eBay. Bought them for me. Uh, I've been wearing them since. I will never take them off. So because of that, I specifically was like, I just want to talk about the PJs on the podcast. So please check out our Twitter and Instagram. You can see a a picture of the PJs. But so that movie, Don't Panic, was directed by Ruben Galindo Jr., who directed this movie, Ladrones de Tumbas, which we're going to talk about today. Yes. All right. So this movie from 1989, it was written by Ruben Galindo Jr. and Carlos Valdemar and directed by Ruben Galindo Jr. You want to give us a synopsis? Absolutely. Hello, IMDb. Hello. Long time, no see. Says here, teenagers accidentally resurrect a satanic killer who targets the local police captain's daughter <gasps> to birth the Antichrist. Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. Are I'm we re- ready? I mean, dude. let's. Dude, dude <laughs> I, I'm going to say it. I had so much fucking fun with this movie. I'm so glad you said that because so did I. So did this is a a, a fun roller coaster ride and oh my god what a find you must yeah. watch this movie but first let's talk you through it all right so let's talk about this ladrones de tumbas uh, we ready to go I was gonna say the only bummer is the copy that you sent me that has uh, subtitles the sound is off and it's it was tough for jump scares because you heard them before they happened yes so there was I was like oh I didn't jump and I found other copies that had them normal but no subtitles and I was like I probably feel like I could have that I could have watched them without subtitles, but mm-hmm. the copy with no subtitles was poor quality, and I was like, I'll yes. just watch it all funky. And this shit. was a bummer, but like you said, there are other versions of out there, and they're on YouTube for God's sake. Yeah, like, YouTube guys. YouTube. Yeah, I'm gonna say I didn't even really need the subtitles. No, and that's know? why I was so bummed out that the other one was poor quality because I was like, yeah. I'd much rather I'd much rather see it well than you know. Yeah. But trust your trust your you know Spanish ability like we could do it and like you can fucking do it it's yeah. it's possible it's out there on YouTube find it because it's a treasure it's worth it yeah so here we go all right the movie begins with our credits we hear monks chanting and underneath the chanting there what I assume are like satanic verses so you hear like 
Pero debajo, it's like, Satanás, What was the one? Nathan. Remember Nathan? Nathan! Nathan the devil. He's the, he's the, the most dangerous one. Yeah. The head, Nathan. All right. So we got our credits and our title, Ladrones de Tumbas. Here we go. We're in a candlelit crypt, and we see, like, hanging bones and shit like that. Very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And we see a man's hands preparing a fun-looking cocktail. Not a cocktail, <laughs> like, you know, like, spooky, witchy spell stuff. Yeah. And nearby, we see a woman chained to the ground. She's writhing around, and she's in a pentagram circle. She's screaming, yes. Ay, Dios mío, no, por favor. <laughs> And so the man belonging to the hands, he's hooded, so we don't see his face. Yeah. He grabs like a pendant looking thing. Right. And the vibes that I got from this pendant were, remember in Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, the dude who pulls the guy's heart out, like the horn thing yeah, he's yeah, wearing? Yeah, Kalimar? Yes, exactly. Like those are the vibes <laughs> this pendant is giving me. It's very like devilly, you know what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, devilly. And, sp- <laughs> and speaking of Temple of Doom, he goes up to this woman and he fe- he like gives her gives the her concoction. that cocktail. Yeah. yeah, that cocktail. And then he chants, "Before nine moons, you'll give birth to a boy. He'll be king, and the rest of us will be his servants." And then this man holds up this Temple of Doom pendant and screams out, "Satanas! Today I will father your son, so that the sixth prophecy can be fulfilled." And then he takes that pendant, which is like a dagger, basically. It's a, yeah, daggery. And he carves six 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 on this poor screaming woman's belly and he's fully about to rape her to Mm. you know give birth to the to the antichrist but he hears a noise into the crypt comes a group of hooded people they look like monks or something to me yeah very well and they walk in with like crucifixes and shit so you're like this is how this has to be monk stuff church people people of god religious (laughs) religious people and so this dude this uh horrible satanas guy he goes running off into the woods as he's running through the woods he takes a tumble and he's encircled by these hooded church people and they take him back into the crypt and they fucking throw his ass on the rack like in el inquisidor remember i was a, i wrote down this is a mixture of alucarda and el inquisidor absolutely so they've yeah. got this guy on the rack they're stretching him he is buff as fuck. Holy some, shit. Some arms on him. Damn. And then the main inquisidor says, confess your pact with the devil so God will have mercy on your soul. And so finally, the verdugo, that's what I called him throughout the movie because I believe verdugo means a um, executioner. I, have I think n- that's correct. I have never heard that word before. Okay, so give yeah. me just a moment while I look this up <laughs> On Google, just to make Google. sure. Verdugo, I called him Verdugo. Watch me be wrong. Uh, shit. Hangman. Yo, so a variety of meanings, meaning switch, whip, tyrant, hangman. In okay. the credits, I believe they call him El Verdugo. Ah, okay, okay. Entonces, bueno, pues so, El Verdugo. 
That's such a Whatever. funny word. Verdugo. El verdugo. It makes me think of verduras. <laughs> it makes me think of verruga. Is that a wart? Oh, like a mole. Yeah. Oh, like a mole. Ver yeah. Is that what it is? Verruga? Yeah. It's, it's a mole that's in the shape of una verdura. It's like a tiny what? tomato growing out of your face. As we go through this episode, part, excuse me if I, it's going to be verdugo, verruga, verdura. It's going to be something with a Great. V. That means it's Veronica. this asshole. Veronica. <laughs> Veruca. Okay, so... Veruca salt. <laughs> so, okay, where the fuck are we? So finally, Veruca salt screams out, Yes, <laughs> I did have a pact with the devil, and you should too, because it's great. Satan is the true <laughs> king. And then he spits in the Inquisidor's face. So uh, the Inquisidor grabs like a huge motherfucking battle axe like, bro this axe is crazy we're not, we're not chopping wood we're in no. like battle with like the vikings here this it's is crazy this is, this is lord of the ring style oh, fucking... yes <laughs> like you would chop you can swipe a man's body slice a man's body in half with this swiftly thing. in half yes so the the inquisidor grabs this battle axe. He plunges Pudre it into the. En el the bu I love Wait, what does that. he say? What does he say? Pudre en el infierno, rotten hell. I love it, rotten, rotten hell, hell, motherfucker. Is not the same. I feel like the word pudre is such a more like it's so. Much... That's like the feeling it, of rotting, uh -huh. like yeah. that. It's pudre. absolutely yeah. Totally. I mean, that's the beauty of Spanish. Is like the God word you you wouldn't even have to know the meaning, and you're like, oh, got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Verduga, beruga, <laughs> and veruca salt. So uh, he plunges the axe into the what the fuck is the verdugo's chest, and as soon as he does. Wind starts to blow in the crypt, which not a good sign. Also, BT dubs this axe in the chest looks fucking fantastic. It's a it great effect. So good that yeah. that blade is deeply inside this man's chest. It looks dope. And this, like we said, this is eighty nine, so we're not uh -huh. talking any CGI. This is all practical gore effects, and they. They're so good. Okay, so there's wind blowing, and the verdugo with a battle axe in his chest screams out, one day someone will wrench this axe out, and then I'll return with more power to father Satan's son in one of your descendants. And then he dies. Oh, boy. Cut to the late 80s. We see two mustached men at the Dirección de Seguridad Pública Municipal, which is basically the police station. I just want to say that this little town, we get a shot of this small town in Mexico. Uh -huh. I couldn't tell you where it is. No. Pero cuando yo te digo, yo dije, that's fucking Nicaragua. The streets look yeah. exactly like Granada or Mazatepe. I was like, esas casas son Nicaraguense. I was like, that's... I love that. I literally are you sure this is not Nicaragua? <laughs> I love getting to see these pueblos. Me like, too. I mean, I the remember when types I types of like suburbia and urban la landscape. I just like seeing different different, different towns, towns all over Latin America. It's just so so wonderful. And this town gives me like peaceful kind of country mm -hmm. vibes. Yeah, love it. Uh, just uh, it, gorgeous. Mm. 
So we meet these two mustached men at the police station, and they hear nearby gunshots in the pueblo, so they go to check it out in their police cruiser. And so these two mustached men are the Capitan, mm -hmm. and who I called plaid mustache, because there are mustaches <laughs> there are everywhere in this movie. thousands the of Capitan mustaches. The Capitan has a mustache. Plaid yeah. mustache has a mustache. And yes. right now, Suspenders these, mustache. Two, these two, well, I called him Buff mustache, because this <laughs> motherfucker, bro, holy shit, muscles magoo. So the Capitan and plaid mustache drive in the cruiser to Buff Mustache's house. This is what I call this man, who is wearing this look tight white this tank top. Look, so many of the looks, I was oh like, Jonathan needs to wear these outfits. I, if you, look... I have these suspenders, and I was like, great. Yes, I love this look absolutely because he's wearing a tight white tank top and like black suspenders atop. It's not a tank top; it's a muscle shirt because it's like it's, it's like to grabbing the skin. It's to the skin, but it's also the reason it's called a muscle shirt is because a tank top is a thinner strap on the shoulder. A muscle a muscle tee uh -huh. is if you have a regular tee, but you cut off like where the seam of the sleeve would be on your tee. That's where you cut the sleeve off. And from the cut-off sleeves is just <laughs> Reveal the muscles. Muscle. <laughs> just muscles everywhere. And Good a tiny Lord. mustache. And a gorgeous mustache. So we see that Buff Mustache has been working on a machine gun for the Capitan. So the Capitan tries out the gun, it, he shoots some bottles, but he does say at this point, he's like, this is fun, this is great, but I'll never need this. ¿Por qué? En este pueblo ni matan a las moscas, which I was like, I love that. But also it's establishing that like, this is a sleepy town, nothing really happens here. Right. And then in comes the Capitan's daughter. This is Olivia. She's, I'd, I'd say, like in her 20s and her gal pal. Olivia says, we're off to the campo because some of my girlfriends have come from Mexico. They've come to visit. They want to go camping. So bye. We're heading off. <laughs> And we also discover here that I think Olivia, she's either like flirting with Buff Mustache or they're fully engaged. No, I think they're engaged because she's, like, she's like my future, my future husband. husband. Yeah. yeah. And they kiss on the mouth. And they give a smooch. And so off goes Olivia with her pals and the Jeep. And this is four gals total. So it's Olivia and her three gal pals. Just fucking the most 80s hairs you have ever seen. Oh, my seen. God. But it's like Great. the looks here are because this is 89. So you yeah, can like it's bordering see, on the nineties. You can see the nineties, like oh, approaching here we come. quickly. Look at these looks. <laughs> looks what's that? Look what's happening. Look at these tights under a fucking mini skirt, and yeah. uh, look at my fun hat, and look at my denim jacket over all of that. And like, I feel like in the nineties, like well, clearly the jeans got just like a little baggier, a little yeah. roomier, and la you're starting to see that kind of stuff. Here. Yeah, and a tapered leg. Oh. God, the tapered leg. <laughs> okay, so now it's nighttime, and we meet yet another group of youths. So they're in a truck driving out in the middle of nowhere. And, okay, so there are six of these kids. So just bear mm -hmm. with me, okay? It's Armando, Manolo, Rebecca, Diana, Jorge, and Andrea. We'll discuss who everybody is as we go along, all right? Yeah. So they stop the truck, and they all get out including two kids who were, who were in the back, like in the truck bed. 
And so this is Jorge and Andrea, but I called Jorge Hugo Boss because he's wearing a huge Boss shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So Hugo Boss and Andrea get out, and they're all complaining because the ride was cold and bumpy. So the driver, Armando, who's kind of like, I'd call him like the more preppy guy of the crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, listen, grave robbing is not easy, so... You two can fuck off if you can't handle it. So Hugo Boss and Andrea are like, fine, we're leaving. See ya. So they leave. So Armando is all, forget them. They'll be back at some point. Help me out with all the stuff we need. So they unload all these balas and ropes and lanterns from lanterns from the truck. And off they go. They sneak over the iron fence of an old cemetery with Rebecca, who's this like poofy hair blonde oh my god 100% (laughs) Debbie Gibson she's wearing a little hat and her like poofy hair pops out and she's blonde and she's got like a cute little jacket that's kind of long over her like red mini skirt and her leggings underneath like Mm -hmm. she's totally about to fucking Tiffany her ass and be like I think we're alone now like that's what it is absolutely whereas Diana looks more like Tiffany because she's a brunette whatever she's got denim on denim on denim she's got a a long Bermuda short denim a jacket denim same color so we're talking cowboy uh, tuxedo the, there's the fucking uh, safety pins down the fucking sleeves. Y son grandote los safety pins. And then the lock. And then she's got a ponytail hair mm-hmm. and is a brunette gal. So Rebecca, who's our poofy blonde, she's in the lead. And she says, in this town, they bury people with offerings of gold because they think that gold will help them find their way to heaven. And she seems to be led by like an amulet of sorts. Where yeah, it looks she's like, got like a, a gemstone, but then it's also that symbol. It's that hand with the thumb tucked in between the pointer and middle finger, which I was like, holy shit, I remember that from Brazil. So I looked it up, and apparently in Brazil, not in Mexico, but in Brazil, it is a sign of good luck, good luck and warding off the evil eye. So Rebecca, to me, seems kind of psychic, and like she's using this amulet We find thing. out soon yeah. enough that she's like no you shouldn't I'm warning you I feel something here and yes. oh this and this because I feel she's got like premonitions and shit yeah. throughout it so and also this gemstone amulet thing seems to be guiding her yeah so she finds a tumba she stops and one guy Manolo who is like kind of like rockero kind of guy is how I would, I would describe him. He clears the dirt off the tumba and he reads Don Francisco Cacique. And Rebecca says, yep, this is the one. There is so much gold down there. I can almost see it. So Armando and Manolo start to dig as some fun 80s jams start to play. It's like boom, da, go, 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 da, ding, ba, ba, boom, go, ga. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> And finally, they make it to the coffin. They've been digging and digging and digging. And something cool here was that as they were breaking into the coffin, like they like kind of crack it and they light the gases and it like it blows up. Yeah. Basically. Which I was like, that makes sense, I guess. You know, all those like disgusting gases in there. You know what I mean? No. No? I was. I thought that was cool. I'm going to go And gross ahead. at the same time. <laughs> I was like, is this a freshly buried fucking person? Because those gases would have would have been gone by now. Yes. 
this? Are you kidding me? So they set this. So they set this shit on fire. We got like a brief explosion, and they lift the coffin lid, and alas, there is no gold. So Rebecca's all, "Wait, I'm sure there's gold. Help me into the coffin so I can check it out." So the guys help her into the coffin, and as she's standing in the grave, the ground gives out from underneath her, and she falls into the dark, screaming. And they all freak out. They're all like, what the fuck? Rebecca, Rebecca. Can you imagine? So finally, Manolo's like, get me a rope. And Armando and Diana help lower him into this dark hole. He's climbing a ways down, but he can't hold on. So he drops into the darkness. And holy shit, it's a fucking slide (laughs) into a crypt. Anytime there is one of those like slide things in film, it never fails to be like, Man, I really want to do that. Like, there is never oh a time this where this must have been so much fun. Yeah, like who doesn't mm-hmm. love that slide scene in Goonies where you're just like, yeah, I want to be in the dark, screaming into a water slide. Hell yeah, the best. So cool. Once Manolo's at the bottom of the slide, he grabs a lantern and he starts to look around, and it seems kind of like a basement-looking place. And then, boo! Rebecca pops out. She scares the shit out of him. They keep looking around, and Man. Nolo seems to see something interesting. So he calls up for Armando and Diana to slide down. They come sliding down to join Manolo and Rebecca. And they go into a room where we see the rack from the top where the Verdugo was getting, you know, all pulled apart. Pulled. And then, holy shit, they find a shit ton of gold and jewels. So they start to pack up their sacks. Cursed. And Immediately w- cursed. Don't touch this. They're literal bodies in there. This is fully They're just pulling desecrating. them off of these desiccated people. You are insane. This is yeah. insanity. It's, uh, <laughs> one ticket to burning in hell? Here you are, sir. <laughs> So they're packing up their sacks, and Armando finds a tumba down there that has Latin on it. He and Manolo grab some palas and a a pickaxe, and they start to open up the tumba, but then Rebecca comes up, and she's like, no, 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 no. Dejen esa cripta en paz. I don't know why, but I don't like it. Again, she's got Mm. her, you know, psychic feelings. But the guys are all, you know what? Enough with your superstition. So they open up the tumba. They set off another little cool gas explosion, (laughs) which I love. And then they remove the top and they all peek inside and they see the desiccated body of the verdugo with the axe still buried in his chest. And Rebecca says, whatever you do, do not touch that axe because if you do, you'll regret it. But of course, Manolo reaches in, he pulls the axe out of the verdugo's chest. And on the shaft handle of the axe, he pulls off something that's on a chain and we see that it's the pendant from the top, which the Verdugo used Kalimar. to scratch into the... Exactly. <laughs> the Temple of Doom thing to scratch into the belly. And Armando takes this pendant on the chain and puts it around his neck. And as soon as he does this, thunder, lightning, a storm outside, there's even wind down here in the crypt, and Rebecca's like, aha, I told Aquí you. Aquí this is it. This is the curse. This is the curse. <laughs> so they grab their shit. They climb out of the crypt into the rainy night. They're running through the rain out of the cemetery back to the truck. Before they fucking run on out of there, preppy dude 
pulls like a un dusty ass trapo and he's like, hey, Diana, wouldn't you love to wear this? Es un trapo horrible, más viejo que mandado a hacer. I was like, first of all, cursed. Second of all, get Don't this fucking, fucking dead person's sheet off of my body. Disgusting. Disgusting. Which we will quickly discover what that trapo is. Mm-hmm. So as these kids are running back to the truck, we get a shot back in the crypt. Love and this, is this so shot. Cool, Love this like, shot. It's so good. It's like the camera is very close to the floor and it's slowly getting closer to the tumba. It's evil deady, but not but slow. It's not the fast evil dead. It's like ooh, like going through the grounds of this crypt. Very and cool. And as it gets close, you know, there's like shit that's kind of fallen in the way of the camera and clearly mm-hmm. there are people like off-screen pulling it up as the <laughs> camera goes yeah. through which i it it's a great, great effect yeah and so it goes up to the tomb and there's like lightning flashing from its side once it gets up bam out pops the verdugo's face all gross and skeletal and desiccated and he is alive again this was my first big bummer because i was like if the sound was correct it wouldn't have made me jump but it would have been a little bit more effective. It was. I mean, it absolutely was. Yeah. But I was like, oh man, this would yeah. have been so good with like connected sound. For sure. Yeah. So outside, the kids reach the truck, and Manolo puts the axe into the truck bed, and then they all load into the front of the truck. But of mm-hmm. course, this fucking thing is not going to turn on. So Armando gets out to check the engine. And then, oh my, it's raining like crazy right now, like still raining like crazy. And then quickly back in the crypt, we get this great POV shot of the verdugo putting on the trapo, pero that Mm -hmm. trapo is his like a hangman's hood, you know? Okay, so now we're back at the truck. Armando has somehow fixed it. It's on. But when he tries to drive away, they're stuck in the mud. So Manolo, Diana, Rebecca, they get out. They try to push the truck out of the mud as Armando is accelerating. Pero nada. And one of the girls... We took too much time in this scene, by the way. Pero did you... I don't know which girl it was, but she screams out, Ay, Chihuahua! Yep, that was Diana. (laughs) Ay, Chihuahua. Ay, Chihuahua. La lluvia. All right, so back outside in the rain, Manolo, Diana, and Rebecca get back into the truck. They're all trying to figure out what to do. But then outside, we get a shot of the axe in the truck bed, and the rain stops. Uh And we see the Verdugo's dead hand reach down and grab the axe. So he's out of the crypt, and he is there. I mean, do you mean a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle hand? Because that's what it looked like to me. Totally. Oh, my God. Totally. (laughs) All right. So back inside the truck, the kids are all like, what the fuck? The rain stopped. This is weird. And then, boo, there's somebody at the window. But it's just two campesinos on their gorgeous horses. And these two campesinos are like, can we help? you get out of the mud so the kids are all like yes thank you but they had to be super careful because they've literally got a bag of jewels that they've stolen so they step out of the truck and manolo gathers the jewels and the gold and he hides them under a nearby rock and then he checks the truck bed and he's all what the fuck the axe is gone so as one of the campesinos is tying a rope to the truck one of the horses Jacinta, I love her. 
she she gets spooked because you know the verdugo is walking around animals no they know so she senses this verdugo and she gallops away into the dark so the campesino is all Jacinta Jacinta he runs off to find her oh dude you're dead and this poor campesino out in the dark he's attacked by the verdugo who slices into his throat with his battle axe I was not expecting this like I when we saw the axe in the beginning get like buried in his chest I was like whoa this looks pretty fucking cool cool." Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like it wasn't an active gore moment like we just kind of the camera lands on it already embedded in his chest so you're like cool that looks look it looks great this we see it happening yeah and we see him behind this poor campesino and he shoves this blade into his neck it's slow and precise it's almost uh (laughs) meat cleaver in a ham kind of thing like it's yeah totally and it looked great. And I was like, I wasn't expecting You know what's, this. what it's giving me? It's giving me Friday the 13th-ish style gore effects, like Tom Savini style gore effects. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, they, they just nailed it. Like, it's they did a very, good job. very good. Yeah. So this poor dude is getting his Bye. throat sliced. And so the other campesino is like, I should probably go check on my pal. So off he goes with his own horse, leaving the kids at the truck. The campesino, he's like on a path. He's solito with his caballo. And he finds his pal dead on the path. And we get like a gnarly shot of that sliced open throat. Yeah, it's dude, good. fucked. And then, bam, this other campesino is attacked by the verdugo with an axe chop. To the head. To, like, But not just to the Forehead. The forehead. <laughs> so the kids hear him scream. So Manolo and Armando go to check it out. And as they're it's walking down this path. It's hilarious to me and, uh-huh. that we're getting like, oh, he hasn't come back. I'm going to go check next. Oh, he hasn't come back. I'm going to go should check. Should I go check? Like, I yeah, just heard a you know blood-curdling what? scream. I'm we should. Go I'll go check, check solo. What it's, the it's, fuck? It's a line of five different people that are like, yeah. I think I'm going to go check on that guy. They never return. I think I'm going to go check on that guy. They never return. You know what? I'm going to try something new, and I'm going to go check on that guy. <laughs> and after that person does it, how about you go check on that fucking guy? But another thing about this movie is that when the murder sequences come, they come fast. Like, it's yes. just like one after the other after the yeah. other. And you're, you just got to be prepared because it's yeah. just like, this person's gone, this person's gone, this person's dead, this person's dead, and it's fast yeah okay so armando and manolo are looking for the are like let's check on these guys so they're checking on these poor campesinos and as they're walking down the path armando takes a tumble and he literally falls like right into the blood. onto the bodies and his hands are covered in blood and then of course the girls go to check on my on, on armando and manolo and they find the dead bodies of the campesinos they freak out armando and manolo rush up and they tell them shut the fuck up shut the fuck up but then All of a sudden, here comes the Capitan in his cruiser who was alerted to their presence in the woods because he was driving nearby and he saw poor Jacinta just like trotting off solo. And he's like, what the fuck is this horse doing by herself? So thank you, Jacinta. Bro, my humans are dead. I don't know what to do. I guess I'll go live my life naturally now. I hope you live happily ever after, Jacinta. (laughs) 
So when the Capitan sees Armando's bloody hands, of course, he assumes that they're the ones who killed these campesinos, so he decides to take them to the police station. But before he can take them, though, we see... Remember fucking Hugo Boss and Andrea? Yeah. <laughs> the two I, I people from the truck like, bed? Who, these two? <laughs> like, I was so confused about these two right. people. Who are you? Yeah. So Hugo Boss and Andrea, who left this group earlier because they were like, the ride was bumpy and cold, you're assholes. So they left. We see them in the brush nearby and they've seen this whole thing happen. Right. We're at the police station, and the Capitan and Plaid Mustache are interrogating these kids very angrily Bro. and inappropriately. Holy, you're going to get sued. <laughs> sued. My favorite thing was the Capitan going up to Debbie Gibson fucking, uh, como se llama? I, Rebecca. Rebecca. Going up to Rebecca and being like, ¿Cuál es tu nombre? And she's like, Marta. And he goes, in her ear, Quiero saber la verdad. I was like, Damn. oh my God, how do you not know that's not the <laughs> yeah. truth? She literally Listen. just said, my name is Martha or whatever. And then she's like, uh, uh, Rebecca, whatever, He's Garcia. The chief of police. Like, he knows. Oh my God. He went zero to 500. I wish that she would have been, it's Debbie Gibson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So they're being interrogated, and after a little ass-kicking and threatening, the kids are finally like, okay, 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 we're going to confess. They admit they've been grave-robbing. Manolo tells the Capitan about the crypt and about stealing all the, the jewels and the gold, and he tells the Capitan about the body with the axe in the chest and how they stole the axe. And Armando says, look at this pendant that I'm wearing. This was wrapped around the axe, and the axe was in the bed of the truck, but... Now it's gone. So somebody has taken the axe. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So the kids are like, go check the cemetery if you don't believe us. Go check it out. Like, it's all there. So the Capitan's like, okay, plaid mustache, lock up these fuckers in a cell. I'll be back. So he heads off to the cemetery. And while he's in his cruiser on the way to the cemetery, the Capitan gets a call on his Breaker Breaker 1-9, <laughs> informing him that... <laughs> that some cops have found some freshly murdered bodies. So now he's like, oh shit. Yo it's pensé not... que esos uh -huh. freshly murdered bodies eran Hugo Boss and Andrea. Well, maybe that's what you're supposed to think, that it's Hugo Boss and Andrea. Yeah. So is it? Could it be? We will find <laughs> out. So, um, but, but the Capitan is now like, oh shit. If they were just freshly murdered, the kids are literally in a cell. It couldn't have been them. Right. So he turns on his siren. He speeds off. Cambio y fuera. So he goes to see Buff Mustache <laughs> at Buff Mustache's place, and he gets his machine gun. <laughs> My favorite thing was, hey, Buff Mustache. Where's the machine gun you were fixing up the other day? Oh, it's in my bedroom, sir. I sleep with it on my <laughs> Which, nightstand. Yeah, not even in in my in bed with me. In I bed with it, me, I caress it. I Makes oil me feel it. Safe. Honestly, I can't sleep bed. without it. I kiss it. Oh my god! So Buff Mustache. So wait, no. So the Capitan tells Buff Mustache, "Look, there's a killer on the loose, and I think he might be near Olivia and her uh -oh. friends." And I was like. Who? Oh, right. Remember Olivia, his daughter? I Okay. <laughs> I wrote, oh, shit, they're camping. I forgot about them. <laughs> Absolutely. So cut to Olivia, the Capitan's daughter. They're at their campsite. They've set it up. So it's four gals, including Olivia. And one uh -huh. of the gals, Biki, says, hey, I need to go get some water. Somebody come with me. But none of these hoes 
goes with Vicky in the woods. Bad friends. Into the dark. In the nighttime. Nobody goes with her. I Primero, couldn't believe this. No trajeron su propia agua yet? If you're going to go sleep over, you should at least have like a bottle of water. Get those like jugs of water. Hello. Like, you, nobody needs to be wandering off on your own. What are you doing? Pero off goes Vicky like perras, you suck. <laughs> So she goes to a nearby creek and she's filling up a jug with water and bam, the verdugo's hand pops out of the water Jason. and scared me. J- it, it scared me. Yeah. It absolutely did. And this is full Jason. Jason. And then the other girls hear her scream. So they run to see what's up. And very, very quickly, we're back with the Capitan in his cruiser with buff mustache. Mm-hmm. And the Capitan calls plaid mustache. Sorry, y'all. So many motherfucking mustaches. I love it. And he tells plaid mustache, hey, come meet us at Cruz Blanca because we need your help. Una pregunta. Was that hand, the Jason hand, was it a fake hand and arm? Porque si la ves a la Vicky, que está, like, the hand is pulling her down into the water trying to drown her. And the arm seemed so long to me. I was like, ¿y dónde está el hombro? Where's the shoulder? Where's the torso? At this point, you should have been able to see the rest of... His body. His body. I just fe- yeah, I just felt like his arm was particularly long. But then I saw that the hand actually like grasps and like yeah. the fingers are like trying to hold on to her head and pull down. I was like, I wonder if this me- if this is a mechanical arm. Well, how did the or if how, it's an actual? I didn't person. notice this, but how did the grasp look? Did it look like kind of mechanical or did it no. look good? Well, the thing is, it looked good, which is why I'm asking. Like, uh-huh. I couldn't tell the difference if it was somebody just with a fucking long ass arm or Sierra de Mentira. You know what? I'm I would not put it past this movie to have a cool ass effect with a long I think arm. It was and, that's, fake. and that's Beaky just like, you know, she's just acting like she's yeah. getting pulled and then lifted and because this is you do see her being drowned and it's particularly oh, yeah. horrible. It's pretty bad. So I'm just gonna give this to this movie and say that's a practical effect. I think it not was not a real arm. I thought it was, and now I think I need to go and watch I, that again. <laughs> and then I and I like that a lot. I was like, yeah, you don't have to see his full rest of his body. I no, it makes it creepier that he's got a weird extendable arm. <laughs> Especially because I mean, the idea here is that he's like pulling her under. He's kind of teasing her because he yeah. like pulls her under and then takes her out and then yeah. pulls her back. It's horrible. It's fucked. Okay, so the girls now make it to the creek and they're screaming for Beaky. They find nothing but her jug of water it's beaky 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 for an hour because they run off into the woods beaky 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 and then whoa the verdugo pops out from behind a tree and fully snaps the neck of one of these girls my whoa holy shit i'm telling you bam 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 people start dying like you you don't have a second to breathe it's just like you're gone she's gone this person, but this bam. neck twist, I was like, I literally was sitting there. I was like, oh my god, what the yeah. fuck? It looked great. It looked so great. So of course, the two remaining girls, it's Olivia and some other run, girl. I don't know what her idiots. name is. They run in fear, and then they run to the jeep, but they don't have the keys because apparently the keys fell somewhere nearby. They spot the keys on the ground, and then one of the girls, not Olivia, whatever this girl's name is, I'm so la otra. I'm so sorry, lady. 
she quietly like reaches her hand out for the keys and slice I her hand it. is chopped off by the axe this was so cool <laughs> I love this. So Olivia grabs this La Otra. They run screaming off into the night. Finally, the Capitan and uh, plaid mustache or buff, uh, one of the mustaches, they make it to <laughs> Olivia's campsite and they find the chopped off hand. So they're like, oh, fuck. Fuck. We're too late. Yeah. We're back with Olivia still running with her pal. And literally, this stump is just spurting blood into the night. It's yeah. awful. Like, it's really cool. Nub. It is a, a squirtin' nub. nub. And as they're running, poor squirtin' nub girl is grabbed by the verdugo and pulled into the into air. Into the air, the trees, something. Because all you you just see her like an arm, a pull. Then we see Olivia re- reacting, and it looks to me like she's like looking up as yeah. I don't know what's going on here, pero. Squirt nub is gone. Bye. So Olivia runs. Yeah. She falls to the ground and she's about to be chopped up by the verdugo. When here comes Buff Mustache, he shows up, he shoots the verdugo who falls to the ground. So Buff Mustache helps Olivia up. She is freaking Hysterical. out. I loved it because she is... Well, first of all, he's like, yeah, calmate, calmate. And I was like, don't you fucking tell me to calm down. I just saw three of my girlfriends get brutally murdered. And we're talking in the span of three minutes, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it was bang, bang, bang. One of them, I turned around and literally saw her head go a full 90 degrees around. Yeah. Like One of them what was the pulled into the sky, and I still don't know how. Who her knows? blood is still squirting in my face. <laughs> and so what I liked about the screaming is that it was hysterical screaming. Wow. And I think that was very warranted. And mm. I love that he was that he said, calm down. And she absolutely did not. That for me was, I was like, no. So yeah. I, this, I, I, I appreciate I like to hear it. that because I was wondering how you would feel about the excessive screaming. But hey, this is warranted screaming because this is pure fear and trauma in yeah. three minutes. Yep. So Olivia and Buff Mustache are embracing and then they see that wherever the Verdugo fell after being shot, he is now gone. Oops. So Buff Mustache is all, what the fuck? He goes to check it out and slice. <gasps> out comes an axe from the dark. His head is chopped off. It goes flying. This is so flying. fucking cool because we yeah. see it like rolling. You know, it looks fake, but still. It's great. It's so cool. It's so good. And then out comes the Verdugo from the brush. He's coming for Olivia. But this time he starts to get flashes of the woman from the top of the movie from back in the day yeah. when he had her you know, chained to the ground with the pentagram circle and everything when he was about to rape her. But then, bam, here comes the Capitan. He shoots the shit out of the Verdugo with his machine gun. And I love this shot because it's from behind the Verdugo. So you see the Capitan shooting him and they have the effect of like, they must have put some like exploding things into his back. So you see like the exit wound 
wounds yeah. of the gunshots, but it's like it's not bloody because he's desiccated. It's just like dusty. Because he's a zombie. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's yeah. just so cool. So the Berdugo gets shot. He falls into the brush. Olivia and her dad embrace, but then they look back at the brush, and again, the Berdugo is gone. Very Michael Myers here, where it's like yeah. one second he's down, the next he's gone. Out of there. So then Plaid Mustache shows up, and the Capitan is like, take Olivia back to the house, protect her. And she's so like, off they go. But my husband, my or my future, my his, it, my it, husband's head my, is there. <laughs> there. Yeah, because they're literally his standing head. right next to that fucking corpse, dude. Absolutely, buff mustache. <laughs> so, oh no, off May he go rest. Olivia and plaid mustache. And then the Capitan drives off solo in his cruiser to the cemetery. He sneaks into the cemetery. He slides down the slide into the crypt to check it out. And once he's in the crypt, he finds the Verdugo's tomb. And in the tomb... uh Uh-huh, please. Say something very quickly. I liked that this Capitan was like an older gentleman and that he was like climbing down this crypt. And it gave me John Saxon vibes actually a lot. And, like, I usually am not on the side of, like, the sheriff or, like, the cop Mm -hmm. person. Like, this one, for some reason, I appreciated his older status, his um, small town sheriff vibe. Yeah. There was something about him that I was like, yeah, dude, you go for it. You solve this fucking mystery like and what is going on something interesting here is that you know something that bothers you is when people don't believe yes uh, the victim Absolutely. and so this dude although his interrogating methods may be rather suspect because he literally <laughs> is like hitting these people that is not the truth <laughs> but the moment he learns of the other murdered bodies it's like oh shit yeah we have an emergency and he there is, is... never questioning of... I mean his daughter is out there so he has like personal stakes in this but like it's it's immediate where it's like I must react to and, this and do something and even when it becomes supernatural and all that stuff he is not like being the per- that guy that's like, oh, well, I don't believe in this yeah. shit. No, he's going with it. He is following the clues. And if those clues happen to be in a fucking crypt in a weird fucking book, which we are about to discover, mm-hmm. yeah. then he's like, well, then this is, this is, this is if this what is, it is true, what else I is true? I may not understand it. I may not even believe in it, but I'm still going to do it's whatever happening. I can to yeah. to make Fix this it. shit stop. So he's down in this tumba. He finds, you know, where they took out, where the el verdugo was buried. And in the tumba, he finds an old book with a symbol on the front. And he takes the book with him. And again, the wind starts to blow. This is spooky. Something's going on. He's running off. And as he's running off, I just have to mention this. He passes by a standing coffin with a, you know, like a skeleton, a body in it. Ooh, 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 ooh. And a skeleton hand reaches, not like a, not like fast, but it just like reaches out and touches him like yeah. softly. It gave me full creeps here. I don't know why. I was just like, I don't, I don't like this. I wrote, ooh, can you imagine a dead hand Ew. from behind yeah. like coming up around you? No. I no. went. How do you not fully just die of a heart attack right and there? And why is that thing, why is it alive now? Why is it, ew, I was, this gave me 
full creeps. I agree. Me too. So he climbs out of the crypt. He runs out of the cemetery and he drives to a church. I love this shot of the church inside. Oh, it's very cool because once he's inside, he's screaming, padre, padre, and it's just- Echoey. But also, they're shooting it from the back, but up high. So we're seeing, not an aerial view, but an aerial view, if you will, of him coming in from the side entrance of this church. And so as he approaches like the center line of the church in between Mm -hmm. the two uh, pew aisles, you see the crucifix lit up in this orangey-red light, but everything else is dark. And it just looks very ominous and creepy and mm. it just it was a it was a great looking shot yeah man. it was great and i love that like he's screaming for the priest and the priest this old priest comes out to meet him and they're just like hey i need your help help i called help. him batman what can i do priest. for you you what what what'd you call him i called him i called him batman priest because Why? he because his voice was <laughs> he sounded like he was like fully christian bailing he was like <laughs> Entiendo. Regrese más tarde. I was like, excuse me, priest. Wow, That's a fucking boss. So the, the, so the capitán finds the priest and he asks the priest to read the book he found because the priest is the only one who can read Latin. So the priest takes the book. He takes a look at the symbol on the cover and he says, ah. The Escudo of the Santa Inquisición, which I believe is what we talked about in El Inquisidor. Correct. Correct? I think that's right. Yep. So the Capitan says, look, there is a strange murder on the loose, and I think this book holds the answers. There's something supernatural about this killer like he was El Demonio. So the priest is all, I got it. Come back later. The captain leaves. <laughs> okay, Batman. <laughs> also, did you notice the drums? And like the soundtrack in this scene and how they used the these like just very simple drumming, not even drumming, like single slams on a like a bass drum sure. to accentuate the conversation between the because it was like, Padre, usted es el único que sabe leer latín, con. Mm. Si, sí, claro que si, sí, whatever. Kong Kong. There was a lot of like musical cues in this movie that actually gave me the Shining vibe. Sure. Like when a murder would happen, it'd be like, kong, 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 kong. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but like just like a rattling sound that yeah, you would yeah, hear yeah. in the Shining. Even the 80s music is very, like the, the dance music is very mm-hmm. spare. I don't know. It was It was well done. Yeah. We're back at the police station where our grave robbers are being held in a cell. And here come Hugo Boss and Andrea. So they were not murdered. They survived. (laughs) They sneak into the police station and they find the keys to the jail cell in the Capitan's office. They wake up their crew in the cell and they're trying to open the cell when all of a sudden Armando in the cell starts to cough up blood. And then a hand... uh The next... 10 notes I have uh-huh. in my list from this scene are all in caps. They're all caps and they're all each about two words long. Like I was just like eyes Holy typing, shit. typing. I... <laughs> now yeah. you may continue. So Armando starts to cough up blood and a hand busts through his gut with his actual guts in hand and 
and like reaches up to his throat, rips the pendant off his neck, and is basically taking the pendant down back, back through into his, his hole. guts. The hole that was created by the hand is the exit of the hand as well. With the pendant. But not before Diana reaches into that hole. She's like, holy shit. You know, they're watching this happen. And she, before the hand can take the pendant back into the guts, she grabs the pendant, which I was like, damn, girl, good for you. So she's got the pendant, and then Armando's fully dead with his guts out. Yeah. And meanwhile, Hugo Boss is desperately trying to unlock the gate, and here comes another hand, which pops through the wall. This whole sequence to me- Freddy. Very Nightmare on Elm Street. First of all, coming out of the gut like in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, here's a hand coming out of the wall like that scene with Nancy in Nightmare 1. Yeah. Like, so Nightmare on Elm Street, which if we remember in Lindo Jr. loves Freddy Krueger. <laughs> loves that shit. And you can tell. You can see yeah. it. Yeah. So this hand fucking comes out of the wall, Nightmare on Elm Street style, next to Hugo Boss. It grabs Hugo Boss and pulls him up onto the wall. I really loved what they did with this hand in that we have the Freddy moment where it's coming through the wall where the wall seems plasticky, rubbery kind of thing where you see the hand shape, right? But then they do a quick cut to show uh, uh, Hugo Boss trying to like get him out of the fucking cell. So when we go back to the hand, it's now out of the wall and it's covered in uh, it gave me, remember when you were little and your teachers were like, a ver, vamos a aprender como hacer papel today. And you learned uh -huh. how to make paper yes. out of paper. Mm -hmm. And you blend paper with water in the blender. Yes. And you get like that like mushy. Mushy. It looks like that, but also popcorn ceiling. And I was like, this is what a hand made of wall, quote unquote, would, would look, look like. like. I thought that was really very cool. Absolutely. So this hand grabs onto poor Hugo Boss, who's still trying to unlock this cell uh, this cell door. It pulls him up onto the wall and is choking him and I think crushes his neck. Yeah. So Hugo Boss crumples to the ground. He's dead. Andrea, who's standing next to him, is freaking out, but she grabs the keys from him and she's finally able to open the cell. Andrea then hands Rebecca the truck, the truck keys and everybody starts to run out. But for some reason, Diana runs ho. back into the cell, so Manolo follows Diana. I don't know what she's doing. She's freaking out about Armando. Oh, okay. Okay, so now we're outside the police station with Rebecca and Andrea. They're about to get into the truck when all of a sudden the verdugo appears behind Andrea. She turns around and he buries the battle axe in her face, another Great. awesome effect. So good. She falls to the ground dead as Manolo comes out with a freaking out Diana in his arms. The three of them get into the truck, but of course it won't start. And then all of a sudden, the verdugo is right next to Diana's window. He busts through and he grabs Diana where he's literally just like carrying her through the air like a hand on the back of her denim jacket a hand on the back of the jeans she's or a her piece Bermuda of shorts. luggage she's a duffel bag he is just carrying her through the air and he smashes her face into like the metal rain railing of a staircase like just like shoving 
her face through this thing. And it's like it's played awful. Yeah. Holy shit. So um, so you see all this happening. And as she's dying and having her head crushed, she drops the pendant because remember, she had grabbed the pendant from Armando's literal guts. Calimar. So the Verdugo picks up the pendant and who? And Rebecca and Manolo drive away. I just wrote R and M. I'm like, who is this? Rodrigo, Roberto, Rebecca. Okay. We cut to the priest's office, the old Batman priest, and he's looking through the spooky book that the Capitan found. And then we just see a knife casually just floating through the air, which was a very cool shot. It's just a knife in the air just floating through the room, and the priest doesn't even notice. So the priest finally notices it when the knife literally does like a little flip by his head, and then it plunges itself into the back of the priest's hand. Of course, the priest winces. He pulls out the knife and he screams, Maldito Satanás! In the name of God, I tell you, fuck off! And then a door opens and the priest screams in fear and then the scene cuts away. Just then, we see the Capitan pull up to the church in his cruiser and he notices that the front doors of the church are wide open, which is not a good sign. So he rushes inside and he finds that the church is a desastre. He goes into the priest's office and finds the priest on the floor covered in blood, seemingly like almost dead, but still alive. So the priest says, the Verdugo has a satanic pact. He's looking for a virgin so that he can father the Antichrist. You must finish him. Use the axe. Stab him in the chest with the axe. There's a small satanic figure that's part of the axe. The priest is then like, grab the book for me. Show me the book. The Capitan grabs the spooky book. The priest shows the Capitan a picture of the pendant. And then the Capitan gets a flashback to when he was inappropriately interrogating Armando and the rest of the kids in his office. Right. And he's like, that's when I saw the pendant back there. So I got to go find Armando. So the priest says, leave me. Hurry up. Go destroy the Verdugo. Okay, so the Capitan makes it to the station. He sees all these dead bodies left by the Verdugo. And he also sees Armando, who has a gaping hole in his gut, no longer has the pendant. So now we're back with plaid, mustache, and Olivia. Because remember, he was told to go take care of Olivia. You need to wear this outfit. And, oh my God, it's such, I love this plaid outfit. It's so fucking He is so hot, I need to get my mustache back. They're all you these do. mustaches, including the Capitan, handsome as gentlemen. But Love this, them. I think Plaid is the hottest of all of them. I think he, we get a, we get a full shot of his face in this scene, and you're just like, oh, what Hello, the sir. fuck? Oh my god! Beautiful head of hair, yeah. gorgeous dark mustache, Plaid shirt. I will take it. <laughs> So inside this house, we get a hooded POV shot. So, uh-oh, the Verdugo is here. He creeps up behind plaid mustache. And then all of a sudden, we're, we're in the bathroom with Olivia. And she hears a scream and a scuffle. So she goes to check it out. And she finds plaid mustache dead on the floor, all horrible. She screams. And then the Verdugo shows up, grabs her, 
and takes her away. Cut to a speeding car with Diana and Manolo, and it seems that Diana can sense that Olivia is in danger. Yeah. So she says, we need to help her because it's our fault that this thing is out there and that all of this is happening. She's not wrong. And then quickly we cut to the Capitan who goes to talk to, who goes to find Olivia and Plaid Mustache, but clearly she isn't there anymore and Plaid Mustache is dead. So the Capitan grabs some ammo and some dynamite and off he goes. This gave me hot fuzz when they go into the <laughs> into the the collection closet or whatever, and they like uh-huh. grab all the guns and shit to go kill everybody. I mean, except prepare, just sir. A, just just a box of dynamite. <laughs> I mean, it's a gun or like some bullets and a box of dynamite. It'll but do. But to me, I was like, yeah, fucking load <laughs> up, my for guy. <laughs> okay, so we're back in the crypt, and the verdugo has got it all set up with candles and a pentagram, like from the top of the movie. And again, he's making his fancy cocktail, and we get this great shot that they clearly just like you know reversed of Olivia on the ground, and chains come out and wrap around her legs and arms. Very cool. Yeah, look cool. We see the capitan break into the cemetery and sneak into this crypt where the verdugo is. The verdugo then makes Olivia drink this horrible blood concoction that he's made. He undoes her robe and he starts to carve 666 into her belly with his pendant. So same Same ritual from the top. You know, he's about to rape her to birth the Antichrist. He takes off his hood and (laughs) finally we see... (laughs) It's hideous and skeletal face, and yeah, it's fine. And Olivia freaks it, out. It gave me um, Skeletor. No, what was that horror movie that came out not too long ago? It was like a purple monster. I watched it with Jeff, and I didn't love it, and he loved it. It was called oh, like HP uh, Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. It gave yeah. me. It gave me Psycho Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> But it, with little teeth. You know I have a thing with teeth, dude, and big Yeah, the teeth were little, and then just like the pinkest tongue. It was just hilarious. <laughs> so Olivia freaks out, and then the verdugo seems to hear somebody coming in. So off he goes into the dark. The capitan comes in, and he starts to release Olivia, but then bam, the verdugo appears behind him and starts to beat the shit out of the capitan. Mm. And while this is happening, you know, um, como se llama? Olivia is still tied down. She could have said something and been like, dad, he's behind uh, you. Exactly. She could have <laughs> said, she can see him. Yeah. Whatever. She's, you know, in shock. I guess. Pero while they're fighting, a candle falls and starts Oof. to set shit on fire. So this place is going up in in flames. The Capitan, you know, he's getting his ass beat and he manages to crawl outside of the the crypt being chased by, by the Verdugo, who looks like he's wearing panties. I'm just going to say. Why the outfit? We... I don't know what. It's I like think it's a... supposed to be metal. I think it's supposed to be, look like, like his... metal, but it looks like panties. It's he's his... Which I know is a word it's you be... dislike, but I was like, these I... are panties. I truly hate it. Uh, he's wearing like. Because he's wearing leggings or, or like tights or something yeah. and like a black shirt, black leggings. And then over that, he's wearing like a speed, like a gray, a light gray, white Speedo. He's giving you Peter Pan, but not green. He's giving you a Mexican wrestler. like Totally, yes. Mexican wrestler, but an unfortunate choice for your over your pants Speedo. You know what I mean? Yes, 100%. <laughs> 
So he's in his panties. He's chasing after the Capitan. The Capitan continues to get his ass beat. But as he's getting his ass beat, he is able to grab the pendant off the Verdugo. Yes. And then, bam, in come Diana and Manolo in their truck. They show up. They slam the truck into the Verdugo. They, they run stop the, the shit over oh, him. Oh, he like... It looks to me like he bursts into a puff of dust. Yeah. So they stop and they get out of the truck to look for him, but they can't find him. So they grab the Capitan. They rush into the crypt to help Olivia. The Capitan is able to release her by shooting her chains. Inside, you know, it's all just flames everywhere. And through the flames, the Capitan sees the the battle axe. Grab it. So the Capitan's like, Manolo. Go grab all the dynamite I brought, start to distribute it all over the place, which is massively dangerous because this place is on fire. And then he's I like, I was about Diana, to say, you've already exploded. You've already exploded. Do not, just don't bring dynamite into this space. So he's like, <laughs> Diana, Olivia, get into the truck, drive to town. And as the women are running to the truck, out jumps the verdugo at them. But the Capitan starts to shoot him. So the Verdugo starts to choke the fucking Capitan. And then Miguel. Who the fuck is Miguel? (laughs) And then Manolo ignites the dynamite wick. So like, you know, they're running out of time. Time is of the essence here. And then Manolo bum rushes the Verdugo as he is choking the Capitan. The Verdugo slams Manolo to the ground. And then Manolo sinks into quicksand? Girl. What is this? Yo no, yo no entendí esa parte. I was like, huh? Okay. Manolo sinks into the ground. I don't know what's going on. But as this is happening, you know, the Verdugo is distracted. The Capitan takes this time to grab the battle axe. We see the wick burning. It's getting closer to the dynamite. The Capitan is swinging the battle axe at the Verdugo. He finally lands a, bl- a blow in the Verdugo's chest. And the fucking Verdugo spurts out like white pus, which is disgusting. So as the Verdugo is dying, the Capitan is able to make it out of the crypt, and the crypt explodes. And then outside, Diana and Olivia run up to him. Wow. (laughs) Outside, Diana and Olivia run up to the Capitan. They help him up, but then, holy shit, here comes the Verdugo, ablaze with the axe still in his chest. Very Michael Myers in Halloween 2. But the Verdugo falls to the ground, dead. The Capitan says, Por fin terminó esta horrible pesadilla. (laughs) And then Diana sees Manolo emerge from the darkness somewhere with the bag of jewels. So somehow Manolo was sucked into the earth, managed to go back to the rock wherever these jewels he where he remember when he buried the jewels? Yeah, I do. He grabbed those jewels, he took a stroll back, and here we are, he made it. Happy ending. Olivia and her dad embrace. Manolo and Diana embrace and smooch. Fin de la película. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Did I make it up or was there a moment where the Capitan is like, Mira, I know you robbed all those fucking graves. You got to fucking put the dynamite in the hole. I know what you did or or else you're going to be in jail for 10 years for robbing graves. Right? Yeah, he totally did. So at least I guess Manolo could could have been like, well, I might as well. You know, just he said. I'm not going to jail if I do this, so I might as well go get those jewels. Jesus. You know? Why did we end on those two fucking people? I didn't even know that they were together. (laughs) 
This was the kind of there... movie where when people died, I was like, oh, I thought that was going to be the final girl. Or like this person was, I did not. Maybe, eh, como se llama? La, la... Olivia. Oh, dude, I've been saying Diana. This isn't fucking Diana. This is Rebecca. Yeah. I've been saying Diana this entire time. No, you haven't. Oh, I'm pretty sure I have. No, because well, you were like y'all... Rebecca and Olivia. You've been saying Okay, Rebecca. did I say that? Yeah. Oh, I'm worried that I didn't. Whatever. We're not going back. Just picture Debbie Gibson, not Tiffany. Listen, That's who makes it out of the end. Diana died with her head smashed through a fucking yeah, staircase. Staircase yeah. I'm pretty sure I was saying Diana this whole time. Fuck. Anyway. I don't think so. Debbie Gibson makes it out in the end. I Maybe her, because she's like the psychic one. I was like, oh, maybe she'll make it to the end. But Manolo? What? Okay. Also, they do kiss at one point earlier in the movie. Oh, okay. But I was like, why are we ending on them kissing? Olivia is the one who was almost yeah. impregnated and the mom of the Antichrist. And the dad like, is the one who basically saved the day. I care about these two. I don't care about the jewels or the Yeah. Like, I don't who I don't care about these two. I agree. It was weird to get like literal freeze shot on, on them the, smooching. On them smooching. Weird. But let's talk anyway, about trivia. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's get into some trivia. Now, a while ago, you were like, I wanted to cover pentagrams, but maybe not. So today I will. Great. Wikipedia says pentagrams, sometimes known as pentalpha, pentacle, pentacle, or star pentagon, Hmm. is the shape of a five-pointed star polygon. Pentagrams were used symbolically in ancient Greece and Babylonia and are used today as a symbol of faith by many Wiccans, akin to the use of the cross by Christians. The pentagram has magical associations, and many people who practice modern paganism and pagan faith wear jewelry incorporating the symbol. Christians once commonly used the pentagram to represent the five wounds of Jesus. Oh, wow. The pentagram is also used as a symbol by other belief systems and is associated with Freemasonry. Okay. The word pentagram comes from the Greek word pentagramon, I guess, from pente, meaning five, and grame, meaning line. Pentagram refers to just the star and pentacle refers to the star within the circle specifically, although these are often referred to as the same. Now, as you can tell, I never said the word Satanism or Satanic or Satan mm-hmm. in that description mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the pentagram is not the symbol of Satanism. What is the symbol for Satanism is the sigil of Baphomet. Mm. Now, what is that? Wikipedia says the sigil of Baphomet is the official insignia of the Church of Satan. It first appeared on the cover of the Satanic Mass LP in 1968, which is is the first released audio recording of a satanic ritual by a high by high priest Anton Zandor LaVey and later on the cover of the Satanic Bible in 1969. The sigil has been called a, quote, material pentagram, representational of carnality and earthy principles. Hmm. The church describes the symbol as the, quote, preeminent visual distillation of the iconoclastic philosophy of Satanism. Now, when you look at the satanic sigil, the sigil of Baphomet, inside of the pentagram shape, which is 
actually upside down. Mm. So when you look at a pentagram, you look at a point up and then two to the right and left and then two to the right and left as like legs. Like you think of Patrick Star, you think of a starfish, you know, a head, arms and legs. But the sigil of Baphomet is upside down. So we have legs, arms and head and the legs or the upside down legs are the horns of that of the goat if you think of satanism yeah sure baphomet the upside down legs are the horns the arms to the side are the ears of the of baphomet and then the stuff in the middle is the face and the goatee at the bottom sure does that make sense yeah Now I will read a little bit of an article from the Los Angeles Times from 1994, written by Martha Smith Shaw, and it is titled, The Pentagram is Misused as a Satanic Symbol. As an elder high priestess of the goddess-centered religion of witchcraft, I must take exception to the inaccurate characterization of the pentagram as a, quote, five-pointed star associated with satanic rituals in your February 26th story on a hatchet killing. The five-pointed star has been revered by many ages and in many cultures as a symbol of the unity of all things and the essence of the life force. The pentagram is the symbol of the goddess Kore, known as the, quote, star of knowledge. The Pythagoreans revered this symbol as the pentalpha, the letter A, called the birth letter, interlaced five times. Because it's Hmm. A's all over. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful, positive symbol of my spiritual path and that of my ancestors, the Wiccan. In essence, the pentagram means life. It has received an enormous load of bad press at the hands of, quote, Satanists who practice a twisted form of anti-Christianity, which, ma'am, I don't think so. Nonetheless, the pentagram is no more their symbol than the cross is the Ku Klux Klan's. Oh, (laughs) wow. Those are some strong words. Yeah. And that is by Marsha Smith Shaw. She had some things to say. And now I found an article on businessinsider.com written by Gina Echevarria and Shira Polin. And it is titled, What Happens to the Human Body After 100 Years Inside a Coffin? (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So some high points. Your brain is one of the first parts of your body to break down. Just a few minutes after death, its cells collapse and release water. Then other energy-guzzling organs follow. That night, microbes eat through your gut and escape into the rest of your body. They release toxic gases that cause your body to bloat and smell. Most of your tissues will probably liquefy, but thin skin, like on your eyelids, could dry out and mummify, while fatty areas of your body can turn into a soap-like substance called grave wax. Ew. Gross. Okay. Your body is made up of- take a shower with some grave wax. (laughs) Gross. I mean, if you remember fucking um, Fight Club, that's what they make soap out of is they go to the liposuction places to get body fat. 
once your heart stops beating, it halts blood flow, which is supposed to transport oxygen to your organs and tissues. So without blood, the most active oxygen-guzzling organs and tissues go first. And the results are moist. (laughs) Because the cells that make up those organs and tissues are 70% water. Without oxygen to keep them alive, the cells self-destruct, spilling all that fluid onto your coffin floor. Ew. Your dying immune system can no longer contain trillions of hungry microbes that normally help digest the food you eat, so they escape. First, they travel through the lower intestines, through your tissues, veins, and arteries. Within hours, they reach your liver and gallbladder, which contain a yellow-green bile meant for breaking down fat when you're alive. But after the microbes are through eating those organs, that bile starts to flood the body, staining it yellow and green. From about day two... To day four, the microbes are everywhere, and they're producing toxic gases like ammonia and hydrogen sulfide, which will expand and cause your body not only to bloat but stink. After three or four months, your yellow-green complexion has turned brownish-black because your blood vessels have deteriorated to the point that the iron inside them spills out, becoming brownish-black as it oxidizes. Also around this time, the molecular structures that hold your cells together break away so your tissues collapse into watery mush. By a decade in, given enough moisture, the wet, low-oxygen environment of your coffin Mm -hmm. sets off a chemical reaction that turns the fat in your thighs and butt into grave wax. And on the other hand, if you're in a dryer's place, the conditions lead to mummification. Mm -hmm. If it's like a drier climate, I guess. Correct. By 50 years in, your tissues will have liquefied and disappeared, leaving behind mummified skin and tendons. Eventually, these two will disintegrate, and after 80 years in that coffin, your bones will crack as the soft collagen inside them deteriorates, leaving nothing but the brittle mineral frame behind. But even that shell won't last forever. A century in, the last of your bones will have collapsed into dust and only the most durable part of your body, your teeth, will remain. Teeth, grave wax, and nylon threads from your clothing. (gasps) Whoa. So that's what happens. So I doubt that you'd have the gases gases enough to It would have seeped out. Oh, totally. Into into the, uh, the earth that you're in. And finally, my last piece of trivia, the man in charge of the music in this film is John Michael Bischoff, also known as our star of Don't Panic, Michael. Hey. <laughs> so he was nice. in charge of those drums and that sweet 80s those fucking 80s tune, beats. Which, if you remember properly, he sang the lead song of Don't Panic. So how could I forget? He's making it happen. And that's the end of my trivia. Uh, where can I get the soundtrack to this movie? All right. <laughs> here is my trivia for today. I just wanted to give a shout out to Benjamin Benitez and Victor Manuel Cano, who did the special effects for this movie. That's what it said in the credits. You both nailed it. Okay, 
Let's talk about Agustin Bernal, who played El Verdugo, the our villain in this movie. It says here, Agustin Bernal was born in 1959 in Paracuaro, Michoacán, Mexico, as Romualdo Bucio Bucio. He was an actor and director. And uh, listen, this guy's IMDb is plentiful as nice. actor and director. On IMDb, it says that he always portrayed tough, violent cops or vigilantes and cruel, ruthless criminals or drug lords. A little trivia about him in my trivia, at least on IMDb, it says during an interview in January 2007, he expressed his interest in contending for the mayor office of his native town of Paracuaro, Michoacán, under the left-wing party of the Democratic Revolution, of which he was an active member. Okay. Here's a personal quote of his from IMDb. I joined the army when I was 15 because I liked guns, and I thought that in the army there would be a lot of guns. I still like guns. But now I collect keys, which I found. That's adorable. so sweet. <laughs> oh my God. Keys. Uh, That's so keys. cute. After six years, I left and went to the United States to work illegally, of course. Oh. I stayed two years working in a factory producing jacuzzis and a chicken farm. I liked playing villains more than good guys who only really have one expression. Bad guys are more complex. Mm -hmm. They do good things sometimes, investing in towns, helping people. Not that our films are like narco corridos, which glorify them, which I believe is like glorifying narcotraficantes, uh -huh, I assume is uh -huh. what he means here. And uh, I also looked him up on Wikipedia, which it said there he also appeared in some minor soft porn movies. <gasps> No Which, way. Listen, man. Live Good your life. for you. Get that paycheck. Listen, make that money, dude. Make that money. So, unfortunately, he died on January oh, no. 8th of 2018 in Paracuaro, Michoacán, Mexico. And this is from elpaís.com. This is a tweet from Mexican filmmaker Francisco Javier Padilla, who apparently Agustin Bernal worked with on the movie Suave Patria. So this tweet says they called him the Mexican Rambo. Oh my and god, the, amazing. And, isn't that amazing? And in the home video industry, he was a name that always stuck out, it says here. And that's I'm roughly translating. So I mean I think that's fucking awesome. The Mexican oh, Rambo. That is like a this good... man was well respected and had a full career. Let's speak briefly about Tony Bravo, who played Buff Mustache, who I was obsessed with his look <laughs> and everything. He was so gorgeous. Highly recommend looking up this man because you type in Th Tony Bravo and his picture on IMDb is shirtless with a fuzzy chest and he has stolen my heart for the rest of eternity. He is just gorgeous. So it says here that... Did you find the picture? <laughs> also... Holy Shit. recommend looking him up god we are so what is the word again when we do this horny um, <laughs> yes horny thirsty but we also what is it when we um objectify you, objectify we do it so much on this show what is wrong with us but also look him up on google and there's fully a picture of him nude <gasps> posing for what looks like it's not playgirl but he is like reclined with a thigh covering his his bits He's all fuzzy. That's very, and... uh, that's very, um, Burt Reynolds. Come on. Oh, Burt Reynolds. Hey, you couldn't remember it either. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with us? Okay, so here, Tony Bravo was born the 28th of May. Hey, Gemini, in 1949 in Puebla, Mexico. 
He is a Mexican actor. Highly recommend looking up his bio because it is, again, just like Agustin Bernal's, it is thorough. Look up his, you know, 80s style shots of him with his fuzzy chest out because, oh my pearls, he is so gorgeous. However, I discovered that apparently his daughter, actress Marieli Tanus Quiroz, was accused of the brutal murder of her husband or partner while under the effects of drugs and alcohol. However, I read an article. It is very confusing, very, very dramatic, but apparently it's been a nightmare for poor Tony and his family. So we're just sending him all the good vibes. Poor guy. I hope that all gets resolved because that is wow. awful. Wow. Uh, I am. I'm looking here on the Googs and there are yeah. so many of the things are hija de, de actor and hija and yeah. whatever. How awful that your legacy is now tied to this horrible murder. Clouded it's really, by... really awful. Yeah. Pero sending you all the good vibes, Tony. You were so memorable you, in this movie and I love your buff mustache. All right, let's talk quickly about Edna Volcan, and she played Olivia. So I'm not going to say much about her, aside from the fact that maybe we talked about this in Don't Panic in our trivia, but she played... Okay, this is what it says on IMDb. She was in License to Kill, like uh, James Bond, and she played Barrelhead Waitress in License to Kill 1989, which is this same year. The same Which mo- the one movie was came out Licensed to Kill? Oh my gosh, I just can't remember. I think it was Roger Moore. It was so long ago when I when we watched all those. No, this is Timothy Dalton. Oh, Timothy Dalton, okay. Benicio del Toro. This is, oh, remember damn. Benicio del Toro was in it? Yes. So Edna Volcan was in this movie no as Barrelhead Waitress. And also, she was the teacher in Don't panic remember when it cut to that teacher with like poofy hair and yes like, we talked about her yeah she was like reciting poetry and shit maybe we did talk about her being we... in license to kill did we talk about that i don't i don't know I don't we're think revisiting we talked it about now. that but i we definitely made a point of like talking about her in the movie the teacher yes because yeah. you, you cut to her and i think she's like reciting poetry or doing something teacherly and it's just Jarring. Yeah. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at Edna Volcan, E D N A B O L K A N underscore oficial. She's an older lady now and she is glam and gorgeous. Love that. Although she hasn't posted anything since 2020. Like her last picture of, is of her con una máscara on her face so post something else for us girl i hope we're doing hope you're doing okay and yeah. that is my trivia for today very fun let's ask ourselves some questions great jonathan were you scared for the briefest moment so i'll give it yes kind of sure what about you same for me i was like a mm-hmm. ah, yeah sure <laughs> yeah good vibes spooky vibes yeah. in here uh what was your best scare i'm gonna give it to that creepy skeleton hand just slowly reaching out for the capitan in the crypt really That's what I okay gave it to you too what did what about you for me it was the jason hand from the water oh totally just like pull, coming out and grabbing fucking poor vicky and pulling her in who was your favorite character buff mustache i love buff mustache wow. what about you who was yours mine was the sheriff i truly was like listen dude 
I I trust you with my life. I think mm-hmm. you're doing doing the right thing by taking care of your town and making sure you get this killer caught and also your daughter is a priority. So good for you. Hey, listen, his town, he says it like nothing happens in my town, which is the sign of a good sheriff. Nice safe there town. There you go. You know, good captain Boom. or whatever. Yeah. What is your best line? The Capitan's line, Por fin terminó esta horrible pesadilla. Nice. I love it. It felt very Nightmare on Elm Street to me, which, you know, of course, we know that this guy loves it. So And it's a classic, right. like, we're ending the movie kind of mm-hmm, line. Mm-hmm. It's over. For me, was, Pudra en el infierno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting to note, we didn't talk about this, the dude who plays that main inquisidor, who I believe uh-huh. says, Pudre en infierno, too. The Verdugo, uh-huh. that's the same actor as the Capitan. Because remember, the, phys- the Verdugo is like a curse on your, yeah, because Olivia is the daughter. That's the same actor. Duh. Yeah. Holy I had to shit. check just to make sure. I was like, is this correct? But yeah, same I name, wasn't so. paying attention close enough to like, because the other one had a hood and whatever. And I was like, sure, he's just a church guy. Yeah. Okay, I had cool. to check the credits to see. I like that so, yeah, even there's more. There's that connection. Yep. Dope. What was your best death? We had so many. They, oh, my God. So many. But I will give it to Armando, the hand coming out of the gut, grabbing the pendant. Literally, his guts in. I. Oh, my gosh. Holy shit. So, so good. good. What about so you? So good. Mine was Armando in the jail cell, too. But I want to give a special shout out to that fucking neck twist because I didn't see. It's not didn't particularly it crazy, but I didn't see that coming. And I didn't expect it to be. This poor girl, like, running and just, like, a crack. Yep. I loved it. It was good. Did you learn anything from the culture? No. Did you? Me, me neither, no. No. And how many oys do you give this movie? I'm going to give this movie three and a half. Um, usually I reserve those for ones that, like, you know, might be better quality. Listen, this is cheap. This is from the 80s. It looks rough. The acting is bad. Well, that's not necessarily true. It's just dramatic. It's, that, it's just yeah. dramatic acting. But it's look, very you're going to give me television novela acting. Yes. But that is something to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Like I was not expecting to have such a good time here to get such cool gore effects. Like listen, watch this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. It is a fun good time. You will laugh, you might even be scared. You will definitely say holy shit to some of the cool gore. Mm-hmm. Watch this three and a half. What about you? Three and a half too. Yeah, I had man. a great time. Yeah. Good uh good looks to look for because uh, fucking Debbie Gibson fucking denim on denim. We got fucking headbands on dudes. We got fucking muscle shirts, mustaches. The looks are all fabulous. The gore is fantastic. The we It's it's classic slasher. You can't go wrong with a classic slasher. You want to throw Love. in some Satanism in there? Sure, yeah. why not? With a it's, cool weapon that you don't usually see. A battle axe? Very true. A, a, a unique weapon which is lovely to see in 1989 so three and a half fucking watch this movie i don't know if i (laughs) i couldn't tell you what i love more if it's don't panic or this i think they are yeah they rival in classic campy 80s horror if you were to make this in english it would be a classic b movie totally also. but that's the thing that's the difference between don't panic and this one which is was don't panic was in english yeah which because it's in mexico there is that weird feeling of just like what the fuck am there's i like watching? A, there's, there's like a watching there's like a weird disconnect quality yeah yeah but this one 
It's of Mexico. It's in a Mexican pueblo. The people are speaking Spanish. It just feels a little bit more kind of like grounded. Yeah. I mean, we're literally talking about a, 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 like a dude swinging a battle axe coming back from the dead. But from there Satan. is from Satan looking to like rape somebody Impregnate to birth an, the to Antichrist. An Antichrist. I know. But it, but it feels does. like more grounded than Don't Panic does. It just, I don't know. It was good. It was, it was so great. I was yeah. very pleasantly surprised. Good yeah. choice, dude. You nailed it. Yay. Uh, hey, thanks. Fantastic. Let's stop robbing these graves, guys, because it's uh, back-breaking work, A. B, you're cursed. You're, C, just rude. Incredibly rude. rude. Incredibly <laughs> That was my grandma's pendant. Also, the jewelry they were robbing is so funny. They were oh. literally Claire's jewelry. I was like, <laughs> I could find that in Claire's. Uh, um, yep. Thank you so much for being here with us. We appreciate you very much. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on our redes sociales at Wikiorror on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email at Wikiorror at gmail.com. Thank you to Sonoro for being so great. We send you lots of kisses. <laughs> follow them at Besos. Sonoro. <laughs> Besos. We, you can follow them at Sonoro Podcast on Twitter and Instagram as well. Listen, if, you, if you're in a graveyard and you fall into a secret crypt and you find a bunch of jewelry and you find a book in Latin, go ahead and trust that it's down there for a reason and that you probably shouldn't fuck around with that shit. But listen, if you're in a graveyard and you fall into the earth and there's a slide, let us know because we want to slide down that slide. Let us know where that slide is because we would like to <laughs> ride the slide. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, uh, Johnny, any time of day that you want to <laughs> ride a slide. <laughs> yeah, same, same. So stupid. Uh, I fucking uh, love yep. you, dude. I fucking love you, too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.